Hello, my name is Ken, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strength Ministry, where we believe working together on our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. The title of this message is, That's Mr. Holy Spirit to You. This is a multi-episode series, in which this is episode one of three. I'd like to know what verses support the idea that the Holy Spirit is still at work or needs to be at work in Christians today. I've been an active believer for over 30 years, and most of the churches I've attended do not teach on that subject. Yet I see verses all over that make it seem like the Holy Spirit is our necessary superpower, the kind we need to fight the spiritual battles all around us. Can you help me to understand the Holy Spirit and the role of the Holy Spirit and the evidence that a believer has him? If you do not have him or believe that he does not exist or is not for today's believer, then how is it that you get baptized in the Holy Spirit? Matthew 28, 18, 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So if you haven't figured it out yet, This is a message about having the Holy Spirit or not having the Holy Spirit. I believe that the Holy Spirit is for everybody and anybody that wants Him. It's a gift from God. It's an absolute necessity to have the Holy Spirit in your life. Without it, you're just a religious nut. Okay, so look at this scripture. He says to them to make disciples of all nations. An impossibility for them in those days, and perhaps even in our heavenly laden IT days, to do that. So clearly, Jesus wasn't expecting that they alone would preach the gospel to every nation or nationality, right? The next thing that obviously supports the idea that the Holy Spirit is for today's kiddos is that we are, at least in this scripture, to baptize in the three roles or positions of God. It doesn't just say the Father and the Son, right? Lastly, why did Jesus provide his support for them, telling them that he would be with them forever? You see, if anyone reads this, They could gather that Jesus would be with them, as well as hanging around to the end of the age. The language used does not make any sense if he were just talking about them. Besides, and it's not in this verse, but Paul and Stephen also operated in the Holy Spirit. They were unusual in their operation of the Holy Spirit. Let's take a look. Acts 19, 11, 12. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hand of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick. And the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Acts 6, 5, and 8. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, and Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Acts 9, 31. Then the churches throughout all of Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. So I was done with this message on May 4, 2022, when all of a sudden I came across the following scripture in Psalms. Psalms 51:11. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. So now there are two thoughts that interest me in this verse. The first is not really related to this message, but I will speak on it anyways. 
So is David saying that we can be cast away from the presence of God? I wonder what we would have to do to place him in such a situation that he would cast us away from his presence. I mean, isn't it so hard to learn how to get there anyway? And to think that I could upset him so much that he would simply cast me away from his presence. That is such a bummer because I know it is my unrepentant sin that would cause God to do such a thing. Of course, having a hard heart and a stiff neck won't help either. So anyways, let us try and avoid causing him to use us as a fishing lure. The other thing is that David had asked him not to take his Holy Spirit from him. As I have already minimalistically shown that the Holy Spirit was, and others as well as the original twelve, we see that he was with David. For those of you who may be doubters, David lived in the Old Testament times. So Jesus didn't blow on him to receive the Holy Spirit. Now how he got him is a mystery to me, and if it's in the Old Testament, I have missed it. But no doubt he was in the Old Testament considering all the supernatural things that were happening back in the day. So I could go on and on with regard to the endless scriptures that ensure that the Holy Spirit is not only for today, was with us yesterday, and is but necessary for us to do anything, including getting to know the Father. I've already developed a full and or partial message dealing with this massively disarming of the Christian power to do what they are called to do, deception. So I won't go too deep into it now. Not my primary audience for this message is those who are saved and being saved. Although I would encourage anyone to read and perhaps Lord willing, you get the revelation of Jesus Christ and experience what it is to be born again into an enviable world that you currently cannot see, hear, or understand. For the Holy Spirit is a mystery. I reviewed the whole New Testament when looking for something to try and address. The mystery, so that the answer would have the largest impact on the widest range of people and their questions on the Holy Spirit. I like to be efficient as time is precious, and I have used most of mine being dumb. I will no doubt answer the question completely without possible error and or receive questions about what I am sharing from Christians who are way smarter, more mature, or who are more accustomed to feeding on the meat of the word than I have been. The second part of that's true. The first part, no, I could make errors. If we look at this question or questions at an enterprise level, that is from a larger perspective or view, the question about the Holy Spirit being at work or neutralized by our own beliefs and or rebellion is, in part, being answered and is happening in the world today, although it has been happening throughout all of history. But for our generations, five living generations, we have seen the world, our world, flipped upside down, being most obviously starting in 2020 and continuing. It will continue till such time that the church is made alive with the presence and power of the Holy Spirit and does a better job making disciples at last. Isaiah 9:10 through chapters 10, Ephesians 4:11-16. What I mean is that while it continues to digress, we will have a greater impact on the unseen Christian inhabitants remaining to be saved on this spinning rock. This specific topic or question of how did we get here will be addressed in an upcoming message in another podcast. It is clear and reflects the same truth that is outlined in Isaiah chapters 9 and 10. This is a long read and I would be sorry for it, but I am not because you know that I know it's necessary for you to come into the understanding that you need the Holy Spirit operating in your life as a believer. Otherwise, your situation on this planet is no different than, for example, a soldier on the battlefield. You have the outward appearance of a soldier. You have the weapons, but you have no ammo to fight with. Your weapons are manifest in part through the Holy Spirit. 
and your ammo comes from the revelation that the Holy Spirit gives you when you read your Bible and or seek to get it. No Holy Spirit, no ammo to fight the battle. And my friends, you are in a battle, which is why the devil wants you to believe that the Holy Spirit is not for today's believer. Hello? Doesn't it say that he will deceive many? How and when? I have included more scripture than necessary to prove the point. But because I like what it states in regard to the condition of the world, I felt you needed to know what that day, month, and year looks like so as not to be caught off guard. Matthew 24, 21, 25. For then there will be great tribulation such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Then if anyone says to you, Look, here is the Christ, or there, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. Now right here is a pivotal key. How can the elect be deceived by signs and wonders if they didn't believe in the Holy Spirit? Don't drive past it. How? We know Jesus is not talking to the original 12 minus 1 plus 1 because here he is talking about the end of time. See here, the devil wouldn't bother with signs and wonders if other authentic born-again believers weren't also operating in them. You see, in war, both sides have bullets. If not, one will be outgunned, so to speak, and that would not be a war. One also only has to go back to the days of Moses and the sneaky sticks to see that the war back then worked until Pharaoh's magicians could not match God's power. Well, that's it for today. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from it. Together we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, still, and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of lights to shine through into people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe buttons. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep waters.